0: You are listening to Packers Talk Radio Network. Packers Talk. Yeah, obviously, you know, he's a big, fast, physical receiver. Um, We think his best football is ahead of him. Um, We got a chance, we brought him in here for one of our 30 visits, got a chance to spend a lot of time with him. I just really felt that he, a really smart kid that uh, we we feel will fit our culture. And um, so I think, uh, like everything, obviously, he's got really good tape. His athletic traits are off the chart. The more we got to him as a person, we just felt really good about him. We all wanted Brian Gutekunst to take a wide receiver, and he wasted no time Friday night making a move to do just that. I'm... well, I'm just not so sure he took the right one. And with that, I'd like to welcome you to another special episode of Lemp's Talk and Pack. I'm your host, Chris Lempsis, coming to you once again from my basement Packer room in my home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, here to break down night two of the 2022 NFL Draft for our beloved Green Bay Packers. Packers came into the night with three selections, their own second and third rounders, plus a second rounder acquired, of course, in the Devontae Adams trade. Three became two. Wait. Wait, is that a Spice Girls reference? No, that's two become one. Yeah, I'm good. (laughs) As Gutekunst traded both second-round selections, numbers 53 and 59 respectively, to the rival Minnesota Vikings to move up to pick 34, the second pick of round two to be exact, where he selected North Dakota State wide receiver Christian Watson. He then stayed put in the third round and used pick number 92 to take UCLA tackle Sean Ryan. So yeah, after putting the focus on the defensive side of the ball on night one, Goop moved the spotlight over to the offense for night two. Before we get into the fun, I hope you're having fun already. Just 90 seconds in, I have to do the shameless self-promotion, which I know you love, or at the very least tolerate, Twitter, lempsmke at It's Just Chris Now. Again, been tweeting a lot throughout the draft, going to tweet a lot Saturday for day three. What better time to jump on board and follow than right now? No better time, I say. Facebook, old bag of donuts, OL bag of donuts. I know I haven't really been posting there lately. I swear I'm gonna start doing that after the draft is over. I really I really believe that. I really do. Just shut up, believe me, I really do. <laughs> I really believe it. It's gonna happen. The email, old bag of donuts, olbag bag of donuts at gmail.com. I don't know if anybody really uses email anymore. doesn't seem like it, but if you do drop me a line, what do you think of the draft? What do you think of the offseason as a whole? Any Packers thoughts you have? I'd love to hear them. Uh, For anyone listening on the wonderful Packers Talk iTunes page, leave a rating, five stars. Me like you those the most. Four stars are good, too. A comment if it's positive, and if it's negative, why not? (laughs) Fine, do it. Leave that, too. Who cares? Uh, We're on Spotify. You can find us by searching for Packers Talk. Look for our logo, which is the head of the Vince Lombardi statue, which sits outside Lambeau Field or on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us there. And... Again, if you listen on a platform that I don't mention, let me know. I'd love to hear it. And really, I just, I just want to hear from you guys and gals that you're listening. You know? I see the numbers. I know you're listening in fairly large numbers. But I want to hear from you guys and gals. Where are you listening from? What city? What state? What country? What do you like in particular about the show? Where do you listen? At work, in the car, at the gym, let me know. And again, just subscribe. Mash down hard on that subscribe button. Then the shit gets delivered right to your phone. You don't have to search for it. It's right there. And again, whatever you have on your phone, our lips are sealed. capiche. Okay, now that we've got that out the way, let's go... Let's dive right in. Let's talk about these two Packers picks. Two more draft picks to discuss. (laughs) It is late. It is 1.23 in the morning. Saturday morning now, April 30th. So it might get a little weird tonight. Fair warning. Obviously, the headliner here is Watson. Watson. Now, I'll say this. I had a feeling Goop might move up in round two for a wideout. I think I said as much on the show, uh, recapping night one. But I was expecting a much more modest move, you know? Maybe using one of the two fourth rounders to go up, say, five to six slots in the second round. So when I saw the Packers had jumped all the way to 34 in a trade with the Vikings, no less, my freaking jaw dropped. I was like, man, we're just getting going and the Packers are on the clock? What? But I was excited. I was like, all right, here we go. George Pickens time. George Pickens time, baby. It is time. That's got to be the pick. That's where they're going. So when Watson's name was announced, uh, well, if you listen to the preview podcast, (laughs) you can guess how I reacted since it was on the preview pod where I listed Watson behind only USC's Drake London on my wide receivers. I absolutely do not want Green Bay to take list. Mm, More on all that in just a bit. First, let's do the height, weight, speed stuff now. And man, all of this is going to really, really impress you with Watson. It's going to knock your socks off. This is a lot of the good stuff with him, really, the height, weight, speed stuff. Watson, who will turn 23 on May 12th, is 6'4". Now, I've seen 6'5 in some places, but mostly he's listed as 6'4", so I'm going with 6'4". 208 pounds ran a 4:36.40 time at the combine, which tied him with five other players for the ninth fastest ninth fastest 40 time this year in Indianapolis. The RAS score, the relative athletic score, which we know Goot loves, is well, it is completely and totally perfect. That's right, Watson scored a perfect 10 RAS score. This is from Kent Lee Platt at MathBomb on Twitter. Christian Watson scored a 10 RAS out of a possible 10. This ranked 2 out of 2,613 wide receivers from 1987 to 2022. That's right. Second best RAS score out of 2,613 wide receivers from 87 to 22. So, I mean, you know, (laughs) that kind of says it all. The word freak gets thrown around frankly too much these days to describe someone's athleticism their athletic prowess but it it really it really fits It fits watson you know dudes that big should just they shouldn't be this fast or athletic they just shouldn't be but he is you know never really had eye popping never really had an eye popping statistical season at ndsu his biggest season coming last year when he caught 43 passes for 801 yards and seven scores Though certainly his 18.6 yards per catch, I mean, wow. That, that does jump out at you. Uh, he'll obviously be a guy who can stretch a defense, hopefully be that deep threat that the Packers are sorely lacking after losing Marquez Valdez-Scantling, MBS as we used to call him here on the show, to Kansas City in free agency. Could and, and should be an asset in the red zone as well, right? Just throw the ball up, let him jump over people and get it. Uh, and NDSU used him on jet sweeps and things of that nature, so it's easy to imagine a creative offensive mind like Matt LaFleur finding all sorts of fun ways to utilize his talents potentially. He was also an electric kick returner for the Bison with two kick return touchdowns in his time in Fargo, so perhaps the Packers will give him a shot in that role. Okay, so those are the positives. (laughs) Now, here come the negatives. Here's why I didn't want Green Bay to draft Watson in the first place. First of all, his hands—they're lacking. How badly? This badly. This is from Ben Lindsay at Pro Football Focus underscore Lindsay, or excuse me, Ben Lindsay at Pro Football Focus underscore Lindsay on Twitter. This is from a few weeks ago now. Career drop rates. These are for some of the players in this. These are for some of the wide receivers in this draft. George Pickens, two point one percent. Sky Moore, three point three percent. Chris Olave, four point seven percent. Jahan Dotson, five point one. Drake London, five point seven. Alec Pierce, six point four. Garrett Wilson, six point eight. Justin Ross, seven point one. Traylon Burke, seven point four. Jameson Wilson or Jameson Williams, seven point seven. Jalen Tolbert, eight point four. And then we come to Watson. 12.7. That's right. A 12.7% career drop rate for Christian Watson. Far and away the leader of the pack in that department. Not a department you want to be the leader in. Yikes. (laughs) You know, and I know, look, I heard it from some people on Twitter and I've seen some stuff. His hands did show some improvement over the course of his time at NDSU. But I mean, look, there's no, way to, there's no other way to say it. They're still not great. And I'll tell you what, he better not drop too many, especially early on, because we all know how Aaron Rodgers can react to young wideouts who struggle with the dropsies. He just freezes them out. We've seen it time and time. He just freezes them out, man. That's it. You know? Two, his route running. It's not awesome. Very, very unrefined. He's basically just a nine-route guy. That's fancy football speak for Uh, (laughs) go-routes. It's going to look, it's going to take some time for him to grow there, you know? And, uh, you know, until he takes some major steps there, it's basically going to be go-routes, out-jumping people in the red zone and jet sweeps. That's, That's not really that diverse. And, you know, I probably shouldn't be this way, but I am biased against small school guys, at least early in the draft. And I know, yes, NDSU is an FCS powerhouse. Hey, man, hey, you don't need to tell me. Your boy lamps lived in Fargo for a summer. Summer 2007, I was a sports intern at the Fargo Forum. In fact, I still have my toolkit from Gate City Bank that I got as a gift for opening a checking account there. Because I needed to put my money somewhere when I was in Fargo. Uh, but simply put, he hasn't faced the same level of competition as a lot of these other guys. He just hasn't, you know? I value that if a guy played at Ohio State, or, you know, the two guys Green Bay took Thursday night, right? Walker and White played at Georgia. That Playing against that level of competition, uh, that, that means something to me, especially when you're talking about early round picks. Watson doesn't have that. And you add all this up, and you have a guy who's got, who's got a lot of work ahead of him to get to the level of a number 1 wide receiver, which Green Bay, they are absolutely expecting him to become a number 1 wide receiver. And I hope that happens course I hope that happens. I'm a Packer fan. Oh my God. Especially, can you imagine if it does? And we got this guy with a pick obtained from the Vikings. Oh man, that will open an entirely new level of ownage for us over them in this rivalry. That, how great will that be? Oh, it'd be awesome. But I just, I'm sorry. You expect nothing but honesty from me. And I got to say, I just have this nagging fear That the Packers just drafted small school MVS. Or FCS MVS, as someone called them on Twitter Friday night. He sure as hell better be more than that. I'll tell you what, considering how badly Green Bay got smoked in terms of value on the Jimmy Johnson trade chart with this trade. (laughs) How badly did did they get smoked? Man, let let me pull that up here. I do have that. Don't I? Where is that? Yeah, right here. So, according to the Jimmy Johnson value chart, which I know is not the one everybody uses, but it's the one I go off of, the Packers, by trading picks 53 and 59, sent 680 points of draft value to the Minnesota Vikings. For pick 34, which has a value of 560. That means Green Bay, by the Jimmy Johnson chart, lost the trade by 120 points, which is roughly the value of a late third round pick yep basically left a low third round pick on the table by making this move and just look giving up that much even if they love that felt a little panic to me it just did you know now that won't matter in the end if watson cashes in on all this immense physical promise and becomes a true stud number one wide receiver it won't matter but if he doesn't We'll look back on this This as an abysmal moment for Goot. He is 100% swinging for the fences here, and I just hope and pray he connects on the pitch. Luckily, Goot went a much safer route with the second pick of the evening, taking Ryan. You know, it was funny. uh, The Watson pick generated so much reaction on Twitter. I mean, people loved it. People hated it. People weren't sure. People were arguing in my mentions with each other over it. A lot. It was a lot of lot of buzz, a lot of reaction, as you would expect, trading up that far to take a wide receiver. Compare that to what the reaction was uh, when they took Ryan. It was just like, "Oh, okay, they took an offensive lineman," and everybody was like, "That's cool, good pick, good pick." All right, I'll see everybody tomorrow. It was very like, "All right, cool, big hopes, huh?" All right, uh, now. I think Green Bay would have taken someone like Virginia tight end Jelani Woods or Ryan's fellow Bruin tight end Greg Dulcich or South Alabama wide receiver Jalen Tolbert. But those three were all off the board by then. And really, at that point, any other pass catcher would have, in my opinion, Chris, it's your show, who else's opinion would it be? (laughs) Uh, It would have been a reach. So Goot did the smart thing and bolstered Green Bay's at the moment. Thin offensive line depth. Never a bad idea. So first, the particulars with Ryan. He's 21 years old. Turns 22 in mid-September. 6'5", 320 pounds. Good Raz score. You know they love it. Chris, did, were they they were looking at Razz score for an offensive lineman? Sure looks like they were. Again, from Kent Lee Platt at Math Bomb on Twitter. Sean Ryan scored an unofficial 8.26 Raz at the Combine out of a possible 10. This ranked 200th out of 1,146 offensive tackles from 1987 to 2022. 200 out of 1,146 tackles. So, yeah, that, that matters to Green Bay even in terms of offensive linemen. Oh, yeah, hell yeah, it does. Um, He's not versatile in the traditional sense of, because we know the Packers love versatile offensive linemen. He's not versatile in the traditional sense of he played multiple spots in college. no. Ryan was pretty much left tackle only for the Bruins. But he's a guard in the pros. So I feel pretty confident in saying that. Or I should say, he's a guard who could play tackle for you in a pinch in the pros. Yeah, there we go. So he is versatile in that sense. So good RAS score, versatile. But Chris, does he check the third box for a Packers offensive lineman? Which is great hair. Oh, does he ever. Go look up pictures of this kid. He'll fit in. Really well with David Bakhtiari and Royce Newman and the rest of the hair gang. (laughs) Exceptional hair game for Sean Ryan, definitely. Uh, As for his other strengths, some on-field stuff now. Uh, The big thing to me is his his physical strength, which really, that really comes through in his run blocking. This kid is a ready-made NFL run blocker. I really believe that. It's easy to see this dude clearing holes for A.J. Dillon in the snow, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I think he's got fine quickness in terms of being a guard. Now, I think that would be an issue if he was asked to play tackle for long stretches or, you know, be the right tackle going forward or something. But that's not going to be the case. A guard? Oh, he's quick enough. Uh, Moves well laterally. Good in pass pro. Remember, gotta say pass pro so people think you're smart Uh, as well. Could probably improve a little bit there. It's probably a touch behind his run blocking. But I see no reason why he won't become really good in that department. You know, especially when you put him with Green Bay's exceptional offensive line coaches. And a guy like Stenovich, who's now obviously the offensive coordinator. Um, he'll he'll I, I really think he'll become a really good pass blocker as well. He uh, plays with a nasty demeanor. He's got that edge to his game that you love from an offensive lineman, from a Packers offensive lineman. I I don't really see any major weaknesses, again, especially when you view him as a guard. He struggled with speed off the edge at times at tackle. But he's not going to, he won't really be facing those kinds of guys at guard, you know. It'd be more of a strong man's game there, and he is well suited for that. This dude just through and through, you know, he's a Packers offensive lineman. I love this pick. Love it. And I do think the pick is telling as far as the future of Green Bay's offensive line goes. You know, by using a third-round pick on him, they clearly view Ryan as one of their two guards of the future. Make no mistake there. My guess is right guard. And considering how well John Runyon Jr. played last year, and the fact that he is also strictly a guard in the pros, that would sure seem to suggest that they're planning on moving Elton Jenkins to right tackle when he's back from his ACL injury at some point next season. So it kind of looks like there's your offensive line in of the future, right? From left to right, Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers, Ryan, and Jenkins. And I'll tell you what, that has the makings of a damn good offensive line right there. And in the immediate even if Ryan becomes a starter right away, that'll still help the depth because now Royce Newman moves to the all-purpose guard tackle backup role. A role that I think he could be really good at. You know, I think he could really shine in that role. And if Jenkins comes back, when Jenkins comes back and Yash Nyman moves from right tackle to the bench, I'm assuming Nyman's going to start the year as the starting right tackle. Uh, well, now your depth is even better, isn't it? Because now you got Nyman and Newman on standby. And you've got to love that. And maybe Cole Van Lannan develops too, and now they'll have that depth. Young depth, but still depth. But you have to have. That We, sh- we learned that last season, didn't we? So yeah, good pick. Uh, through two days, it's pretty clear Goot saw the same big needs I saw for the Packers heading into this draft. I said they needed to improve the pass catchers wide receivers specifically, add playmakers to the defense with an extra focus on the front seven and bolster the offensive line depth. Well, he sure crossed the second of those three needs off the list Thursday night, didn't he? And he started to make a dent in the other two needs Friday night. Great stuff, but there's more work to be done. The Packers have as of now six picks on Saturday, the final day of the draft two round picks. A fifth and three seventh rounders. Now, I still think the Packers need one more wide receiver prospect. At this point, it will it will likely be more of a developmental guy. But they still need one. And an actual tackle. I love Ryan. Again, I love the Ryan pick. Love it. Hang on one second. There we go. Uh, I love Ryan. I love that pick. But again, he's a guard. I'd love to see a tackle added, even if he doesn't have that versatility the Packers crave even if he is just a tackle. That's something I would like to see. I think that might be really helpful. Some day three players I'm keeping an eye on at that position include Matt Waletsko from North Dakota, Spencer Burford from UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio. Two guys I talked about on the preview pod, if you remember. Uh, Kellen Deesh from Arizona State. I'd love any of those three, really. I think they would all be nice fits. Uh, I do want to talk about my guy, Daniel Faalele from Minnesota. Of course, if the Packers were to draft him, that would appeal to my shameless homer side. But, you know, he's he's just, he's not really a good fit for Green Bay's scheme. As much as it breaks my heart to say that, he's not a great fit. He would sell, listen, I'm going to tell you this. He would sell a shit ton of jerseys. Oh my God, I can guarantee you that. Are you kidding me? A six foot eight, 380 pound giant in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Oh my god, his jersey sales are bringing more money than a damn stock offering. <laughs> Guaranteed, but yeah, it's a bad fit. So sadly, no, I don't see that happening. <laughs> uh, as for wide receivers, I'll again mention Kevin Austin Jr. from Notre Dame. Talked about him on the preview. Would love him as a developmental guy with one of those fourth round picks. He is a potential steal in this draft. I really believe that. All the physical tools Green Bay likes the size, the speed, the rad score, good hands, strong hands. Only one year of production in South Bend. Yeah. But I really, he's worth the roll of the dice. Definitely. Also, keeping an eye on someone like maybe Khalil Shakir. Is it Shaker Shakir from Boise State? Six foot, 190, so not great size, you know. He's not an outside guy. He's more of a slot guy. But he's a versatile chess piece type player, you know. Someone Matt LaFleur could really utilize in a bunch of different ways. That the, the thought of adding someone like that to this offense is exciting to me. Um, not a receiver. Not a wide receiver, but maybe someone like Iowa State tight end Charlie Kohler. Monster size. Monster. six six two hundred and fifty seven 257 pounds. Really good hands. Good hands. Strong hands. I could see Green Bay liking someone like that and adding him, for sure. Uh, So those are just a handful of names to keep an eye on. I could see the Packers also looking at Edge Rusher, you know, adding someone. They're not going to get... Now, they're not going to get, like, a true number three guy to go behind uh, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith. But someone to add in that mix with Tippa and Jonathan Garvin and Maybe Randy Ramsey comes back. He got injured, I think, in camp last year. Someone to add, you know, someone to toss in the mix there. Add some competition. Could see that. Um, maybe another corner. You know, the top three is amazing. Josh Stokes, and Douglas, but not much behind that. Could see them add someone there. Maybe a safety. I, I'm not as bullish on adding a safety as others, but that's a possibility maybe towards the end of the draft. Maybe a running back. You know, could see a running back at it. They've got... I talked about this on the preview. Obviously, Jonesy and Dylan are, are studs as the top two, but the number three spot, Patrick Taylor, did some nice things, maybe. like Kyle Hill, but then he blew his knee out. Maybe they add another guy. I always like adding another running back late in the draft. I think if you can do that, you should. Because they can provide real value in that. You can find real value there, even in the seventh round. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing Green Bay do that. Some combination of those positions... I would think it'll be how they close out the day, yeah. Okay, so that just about wraps up this episode of Lemp's Talking Pack. I hope you all had as much fun listening as I did recording it. It's always a good time. Especially this time of year. Draft time, one of my favorite times of the year to be a football fan. I just love this shit, as you know by now. I just love talking draft. It's so fun. Always, it's always good to do that. Always Always great to jump on here and talk draft, you know? As for when you'll hear from me next... Well, I said on the preview pod I wasn't sure if I'd do the big draft wrap-up uh, Saturday or Sunday. Now I do know it'll be Sunday. It's just, look, I'm just too burned out by Saturday afternoon to do another show. You know, I mean, tonight is what I did. The, I did the preview, what was that, Tuesday night? And then I did one Thursday and Friday. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So three shows and four nights. That's already a lot. <laughs> and by the end of the day, day three is so long. I love day three, but it's so long. It's like from 11 a.m. Lambo time to what? I think it ends at like 5 or 5.30. It's like six, six and a half hours. If I, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a long journey. That's an odyssey. <laughs> I'm just too burned out to do another show. Uh, and plus, you know, I, I like to take a day to kind of let all my draft thoughts settle before wrapping up the weekend. You know, I feel like that's a good approach. So yeah, I'll be recording it Sunday, and then you'll hear it Monday morning. So, keep your eyes and your ears open for that one. And yes, I will keep you posted. So, until next time, whenever that may be, I am Chris Lempisis. This has been Lem's Talking Pack. Thank you so very much for listening, Packer Nation. I love you. I love you. I love you. Please stay safe out there in this crazy world. And remember, always and forever, go. Pack. Go.